Episode 128, Two Pages. The practice that we will undertake for this episode of Catching Waves is inspired by Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, wherein she helps people to unlock deeper levels of their creative potential. When consistently applied, it can have a profound impact on our self-awareness, creative ceiling, world understanding, and much, much more. Best of all, the rules for this practice are incredibly simple and are as follows. Rule number one, write two pages every day. Rule number two, write by hand. Rule number three, write about anything. Do this for 14 to 21 days minimum, preferably first thing in the morning because overcoming a blank page is actually one of the hardest things to do in life. At least aim for the same time daily because it really does help to create a deeply grooved habit. Just a plain old composition book and pen is all you need to get started. Writing by hand away from the convenience of technology is a must. It establishes a greater connection between you and the page, and I would also suggest doing this daily before you have glanced at any screens or to-do lists if possible as to keep this time sacred. As long as you hit two pages, you've succeeded. Even if you write the words, I can't think of anything to write repeatedly to fill up the pages, you succeeded. So don't stress about topics or what you're supposed to be doing with this. Clarity comes with repetition. Just go and keep going further. Write about things you have questions about. Write about ideas that you'd like to creatively bring forth. Write about memories. Write about things that you already think you know and can lock in even better and in a more distilled explanation. Write about what you're grateful for. Write about what you'd like to accomplish. Write about everything. Also, for some perspective on what we think we know and how to learn effectively, please check out the video, How to Remember Everything You Learn by Will Schoeder. I'll leave a link to that video along with a written transcript of this prompt in the show notes. I think you'll find it valuable. The possibilities for topics to write about are as endless as the insights and vision that will be uncovered by this practice. And I look forward to hearing what you come up with. But the first topic is a gift from me to you. Topic number one, how do you want to spend your time? Gentlemen, good luck, gentlemen. How you guys doing? How's it going? It's going doing fantastic. What are you guys drinking tonight? I am drinking Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. Not because I really wanted to get this beer, but because I saw it on an end cap and there were 12 for seven eighty eight. So I was like, that's a deal. Even if it's crap, I'm going to go for it. Oh, it gets it done. That's a great deal. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I've got some bullet bourbon on the rocks Ooh, because wow. you guys were talking about all sorts of stuff when we were at the store. We're like, they had a good deal on whiskey. So we got that. Oh, and let me let me be clear. I had probably mm, a neat pour of uh, honey whiskey. Good, you're so, good to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm you, drinking licorice tea, as I had a little Yoda OG Kush a little earlier. So I'm <laughs> I'm a little mellow by other means. nice all right well let's let's jump on it um i want to know what your guys' experience was with two pages if anybody wants to jump in first chris or phil 
feel free to take it. All right, I will jump in then. Yeah. Okay, so um, I started, I think it was probably a week after we moved in. So just to get, you know, everyone caught up, I had moved from California, from the Bay Area of California to Meridian, Idaho uh, with my family. And we had this assignment, Nate, you put this out there to write two pages. And if we didn't have anything just to write, I don't know what to write. And so I knew that things were going to be hectic that first week. And they, you know, they continue to be hectic. But it was great because after the first week, we had so much change thrusted at us and we're getting kind of acclimated. It was nice to have this ritual of, you know, two pages at night is when I, what I started doing. And then I shifted it to the morning just because as I started writing, my creative mind would open up and. I found it extremely hard to go to sleep. <laughs> like I, I've been on a very good rhythm, very good schedule for the past. I, I don't know, probably like three years, four years when we were living in the Bay area, we just, we had been there. We'd been in our routine for so long that it's like you get it dialed in. And I knew I was like, as soon as we move, all of this is going to get tossed up in the air. Mountain time, dude. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, just everything, absolutely everything in life. And so I knew I'm like, well, I know with all this change, I'm going to be in a different mind frame and new environment. Um, you know, I, I started a new job probably a week to two weeks after I started doing this assignment. And so it was a good, it was a good ritual to have to kind of get my thoughts out there. And, you know, we've talked before about, um, the importance and, you know, we're not the only ones, but it's like the importance of getting your thoughts onto a page, um, versus just talking about things. And there's, there's power to both of them. But I noticed that with getting just random thoughts. That's what I decided to write about on most little sessions. Um, just random thoughts, what I was thinking about throughout the day, what I was thinking about, about all the change that was going on. Um, I purposely like with this move, I had pre determined that I was going to like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this kind of want to plug myself into the environment. So I just wrote about that kind of stuff and things that were going on. And uh, yeah, and it was weird because I, I noticed that it was helping me organize my thoughts about what was happening with all this change. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just kind of leave it there for right now. Nice. Chris, what about you? How'd it go? It was pretty good. Um, I thought I was going to have an easier time coming up with ideas, and sometimes the, the impulse was just, I, I could write. I just, I didn't feel like I was 
energetically connected to it. Like I couldn't get it to come out. It just felt like I was, I didn't, uh, I had to play with it. I had to maybe go down roads that I didn't really want to go to be able to entertain myself to get me in the mood, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would ask weird questions. I would, you know, um, I wrote letters to, uh, at one point I, I wrote a letter to Donald Trump, like, Hey Donnie, <laughs> you and me, let's nice. It's, I mean, it's something that was irritating me in my head. It's like, I could, how could I make politics be something I could really enjoy? I need to get a, a one-on-one with good old Donnie because we never do that. What we have here is this and I don't like it. So let me get this creative, entertaining thing out on the pages and let's see if we could just work out this little spat and find out that we're doing just fine, you know? I mean, but I had to get the the thing inside my head that I just felt like a, a stagnant match, you know, between um, I don't know, energies or thoughts or whatever and get it on, on paper and resolve something. I don't know. That's all I could really think of is that it was a resolution of something that was stuck, you know? And... um it made it fun. It also, I don't, I want to explore that more. What can I do on the page? Self-expression feels like it's this thing that I know in me, I can't go too long without getting something out. And this was the perfect opportunity. Um, and maybe just the tip of the iceberg, really. But it was, it was very interesting. Nice. How about yeah, you? It's, it- yeah, I um I I was reading a book and it's one off and on that I've read. It's I'm actually not going to the same gym anymore, but I was sitting in the sauna and I would take a book to read and I usually read on a Kindle, so it's nice. So there'd be certain ones that I would read that were paperback and you know, I didn't want to take any electronics in there. And Julia Cameron's The uh Creativity the Artist Way. That's what I was reading there. <clears throat> and hers was for writing, but you can do it for any writing. And I, I started doing hers was three pages. And I write really small, so I just made it in two pages because it, the first time I did it, it was like 45 minutes. I'm like, I can't do this every day. This is too much. But I changed it to two, and I started doing it. I really liked it. And this was a while back, so that's why you know, I'd mentioned it off and on. And uh, so I, I jumped back on and tried to kind of – I've already gone through some of the stuff that like you, it sounds like you guys were doing. And I know, Phil, you, it sounded like you kept kind of a night journal before, so this wasn't anything really new. But with this, I tried now to think like, okay, how do I want to use this? How do I want to go into it? But when I first started doing it, I definitely hit a wall really quickly. And I'm like, I don't know. And I kept going. And then I would get random inspiration on ideas later in the day. And I would write that down. I'm like, oh, I'm going to write about that tomorrow. And then sometimes it'd be like the third idea that came out that I was I was thinking, ah, I probably won't even get to that. And that one would hit me the next day. So I kind of kept this tally of topics and things to jump into, but it became, I got a a good rhythm with it and it was weird. Some of the the thoughts and ideas that I've had, I feel like normally if I was going to talk about them, I would kind of lose it a little bit and this helped me solidify it and bring it into a little more focus. And I really like that. That's definitely been one of the biggest things is there's so much information out there. There's too much to keep track of and it's all interesting for the most part. So I'll get lost in that and, and think that I understand it. But it wasn't until I started writing that I would actually kind of boil things down to, you know, a little more to hang on to. And it could be anything, an idea, a thought, 
um, something creative to make just an opinion, whatever. And it was kind of cool, kind of a cool practice. And that's why I wanted to jump into it. But I was actually curious too. Do you think this is something that you guys would continue to do in the future? Yes, I absolutely. Yeah. I think that in some ways I've done plenty in the past, but it's never been a regular thing, but it's, you got to make it a habit, you know? And I'm, I'm speaking to myself. It's really, it's, it's one of those things that you say that you have to do and it, it, but it, it's something you have to keep up. It's a muscle you have to flex, you know? I'm curious, Phil, with you, cause I know that you were doing, um, different kind of journaling or logging of things that you're grateful for, or things that you like to work on. Did this affect that or did it feel very similar to that? Like, do you think that this would go in with that practice or change it? It would, it would be in addition to for sure. Cause what I was doing is I was journaling and I still do. And oddly enough, because of the, the move, things have just like been rocked. And so I haven't been as consistent and it's like, we're still finding our equilibrium here and, different focuses i'm just i'm trying to get i'm trying to land a job within the industry which is you know with in the entertainment you know or uh, production video production side of the you know uh, job market but anyway because of that move things have been shifted but um yeah i've been journaling i'd say for two two and a half years consistently every night i i write down like the original kind of assignment that i heard and this was a practice that was given to i think it was cheryl sandberg the ceo of facebook when her husband died she dropped into depression really hard. So then she, you know, being a very um, important person has a lot of money. She just goes straight to therapy and her therapist had told her, well, at the end of each day, write three things that you're, uh, that you're grateful for. And she said it was tremendous uh, for her to get back on her feet emotionally. And when I heard about this, I was going through, um, depression and, you know, obviously for different reasons, I hadn't lost anybody or anything like that, but it was kind of like, I felt like I lost a part of myself after we had kids and I didn't have the kind of time to create like I did before. And it was just so much change thrust upon me. And I was dealing with that change any way I could, you know, um, so this was a practice that I picked up and had been consistent with. And I did, I saw change, um, within me and it took time. Like when I very first did it, just like anything, there's this excitement because you can feel whether or not it's working for you and like having done it for about a week I was like yeah I can feel it's not like a lightning bolt it's not coffee it's not alcohol it doesn't happen instantly but 
I could tell that there were things that were moving in the right direction. I was like, it's going to take time. You're going to have to build this practice and you're going to have to just stay at it. But I, I didn't have to like keep myself motivated because I had so much that I was battling internally um, that I was like, I have to do this because I don't like how I feel when I don't do this. So it was different. I mean, I think for anybody, if they're just picking up any kind of habit, if um, they don't have the proper motivation or if things, you know, really don't need to be worked on, oh, I'd like to take up painting classes or whatever. Well, more than likely, you'll probably just give that up if it doesn't really benefit you or you really absolutely need it. But I really absolutely needed this journaling practice so, you know, two and a half years, very consistently, I was doing it. And so when we moved, um, that got rocked a little bit. I've been doing it, I'd say, every like fourth night with the journaling. And then we had this assignment because this assignment was so much writing. I was kind of incorporating things that I would normal normally just laundry list in my journal of like good things that happened, I would just incorporate that into the writing and have like full sentences to kind of hit both ends. But um, I I don't know, like I, I see the benefit to doing like the two pages that we had in this assignment. It feels to me like this platform is best suited for the morning because when you have when it's not just like a journal, when it's not just like the assignment that I was doing where it's like, what are you grateful for? And I would want to get, I'd want to bang those out because I'm going to bed. I'm tired. It's at the end of the day. And I would want to get my mind wrapping around that. Um, because it's a really, really healthy practice that before you go to bed, think really good thoughts, think of everything that happened. That's good. And it's like, it's stuff that we teach our children don't think about this. Oh, what are you going to think about? You know, I tell my daughter, uh, think about rainbows. And I like go through kind of like the swingers, like think about puppy dogs and ice cream, <laughs> and, like just being silly. But it does get her in a better mood when she's thinking of that stuff before she goes to bed. She has less night terrors. And it's the same for adults that like when you think about that positive stuff, you dream about positive things. So I was kind of doing that um, with this, but then it shifted because as soon as I went to journaling, or not journaling, but writing two pages in the morning, I wanted to kind of like expand and be more creative. And I think that's just kind of a natural thing that when you wake up super early, your creative mind is on fire. You've just woken up from your subconscious and sometimes you're not even fully back on a conscious level. So you have all these really creative ideas. And so what I noticed is that like when I was doing it in the morning, it was kind of a mix of like what I would have been doing at night, uh, in my journal. And then sometimes I was just like, I'm going to go full creative with this and have fun with it. And so, um, on a few of the sessions, I wrote down just like funny little script ideas in script form and just stupid things that I'm like, I know this is nothing I would ever want to actually create, but it's just fun to have 
that as like going in that's a boundary like you're not trying to make anything that's really good you're just trying to free flow and have fun with the process of writing and i think that is tremendously important because a lot of people you know getting any kind of assignment in general like homework you're at school you're at work you have to do this well it's that mentality that kills it right away so if you kind of place like this is an exploration doesn't need to be anything have fun with it and you know do it but you don't don't go in thinking you have to do it just go in with the mindset of like i want to make this as fun as it can be um it's that kind of uh, relaxed focus that they talk about in meditation that you're supposed to ha- it just makes you more present with everything that's in front of you you know that's the way we should always be all the time and of course we get thrust into challenges that are just impossible kids mm-hmm. being <laughs> the most impossible <laughs> right yeah, well, try, being, try being relaxed now motherfucker we'll see where you how far you get <laughs> to well in the the relaxation that we find when we are in that state we're in a state of flow and so we don't mind what comes up we don't mind what passes away but as soon as you got a screaming kid you're damn sure you want them to stop you know it's so you and then of course you can't have that without wanting something else and so you're just you're already you're you're in you know you're jacked in no yeah i definitely noticed the difference like you're talking about coming out of this subconscious and creating and thinking about i noticed the difference that like everybody i have the habit of looking at my phone really early in the day and i've started not doing that i've started putting that to the side and the difference i've noticed from that is crazy and going from you know ingesting something to um like consuming something the difference between that and sitting down and creating something it's like a whole different flip of the switch and the way my day goes from that i feel like just that i'm I'm more creative so like problems that come my way it doesn't hit the same i'm in a better spot i'm starting from a place of like okay it's like i warmed up the engine slow but i warmed it up right i wasn't taking in input yeah i was i was like making like a sovereign place to start the day okay well let's let's analyze that a little bit because that's a great note and it's if you think about both sides as being a muscle you have one where you're like entertain me Mm -hmm. in one way like if you're actually present with that process it could train you in a like in a positive light. It could train you to be more present and be a better listener. But oftentimes, I think in that mode where you're saying "entertain me," there's a laziness there. You mm-hmm. know, where you're like, "I'll wait," and I'm not really actually listening. I'm just waiting for something to be good. So you kind of click it over into this weird mode where you're like half listening, and then if something drifts by you that's really entertaining. Then you're like, ha, 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 okay, that was that was pretty good. But then you go back into your own like mishmash of you're like, you're not a good listener. But like you said, if you're in that mode where you are producing, that is active. Yeah. There, being, instead of being are, passive, absorbing. You are creating the content and you're saying, I need to have better thoughts so I can entertain myself. And I'm creating the content, so you're going to get really bored really quickly if you're not good at it. So then you're actively, and in the early morning, you're getting like a 
you know, adrenaline shot mm-hmm. from your sleep. It's the best practice. Like I, you know, for two years I was working early mornings. I'd start off at four in the morning and I noticed because of that, it's like, you don't like getting up at four in the morning. Nobody does. Cause I'd have to actually get up. I'd be at work at four in the morning. I'd have to get up at three and so I would be at work at four, hating life. And then I'm like, okay. And there was like a ritual that I had to like get into a better mood. I'd listen to good music. But then I noticed that with listening to good music, I'd have really creative ideas on the writing end. And this is like, this is just how we're wired. We've always been this way, you know, since we were little kids, that you listen to good music and you're like, oh, I can see this kind of a scene or whatever. So I would jot notes on stories as I'm working. I'm just like, you know, uh, working merchandise onto the shelves. Um, and I would just take notes. Like every once in a while, I'm like, oh, this is really good stuff. And it was something that I fell into by accident just because that's I, that was the nature of the environment that I was in. I started taking notes on all that stuff, but yeah, it's tremendous. Like early morning, mm-hmm. I think is the prime time for creative thought. Change baseball one from suck to blow. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's a, the Will Schroeder video. That's why I put that on there. It didn't click for me fully till just now. Just talking about this, I, I, I felt drawn to put that on there. But thinking about it, we lie to ourselves. And in that Will Schroeder video, anybody that hasn't seen that. He's talking about really hammering in learning and taking it deeper. And I think it's because we, on the surface level, think of a passive process like watching something as the same kind of rooting for an idea or whatever you're looking at as an active process, like talking about it or writing, where when you do this, you're actually taking something maybe that you thought about and you you actually make it an active process by doing that. And you have a hell of a lot better chance of remembering it. That's why they yeah. say like teaching is the best way to learn yourself because you're making it active at this point by sharing it with somebody else. But this way you can do it, just share it with the page. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, um, being able to write about something that you weren't exactly clear about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made it better when you were actually expressing outward. I've had so many times where I had a really good idea and all I did was think about it. It was, it never left my mind. And, and it might have been in response to uh, reading something, but it was so good that I had to share it. And then as soon as I vocalized it, it was clear that I didn't understand. Like I could see myself. I'm like, there was like an emotion there of certainty, but I couldn't exactly convince the person I was looking at I had any anything credible. You know, I could see the reflection in their face too. It's like... And there was missing something. But I think if you have a chance to take something like that, you put it on the page and you start to dissect it and you understand it directly because it's just you, you know. And Mm -hmm. then I think you'd be better. And and that stuff takes time. I mean, you hear about comedians, you know, going out, performing their set. You know, they try new things. They come back. They're writers. And they have to write again and they have to they have a bomb and they have to learn from it and they have to continue to craft this thing. So I can see why something just directly out of your head is not going to have that level of creativity that you could have if you work with it and you have to get it out. And a level of 
awareness like you said you said <clears throat> like you hear something and you think you know it well enough to teach it and then you wait long enough and you're like oh yeah you forget parts because you weren't you weren't quick enough with recording or you know capturing as david allen says in gtd and so when you go back to recall your memory like we've talked about before it's like your memory is actually pretty shitty Mm -hmm. so getting in the habit just of writing immediately you have an idea and kind of to like tie in with the whole gtd episode that it's like you've had certain thoughts that keep revolving around you like they're in orbit in a solar system and unless you record them they will plague you they will just okay you didn't get us on this time the satellite's going to be coming back around and some of them are really good and i mean well i think the ones that continue to orbit around you are meant to be captured and they will haunt you until you capture them until you write them down they will be you know this thing that keeps following you it's like write it down so you don't have to worry about it anymore put it in a place and this is the same thing that it's like just getting in the habit of you know writing two pages you're going to get, you're going to be setting up the time and space to capture all that stuff and get it out at a certain time so you're going to get quicker with that process and you're going to get all those things out and hopefully close some loops and yeah. create new, better ideas and make for it. Like, it was interesting to me that when we were doing, like, GTD and as I started, like, really recording everything and going through that, an old song that I hadn't listened to in 10 years popped back up in my mind randomly. And I just, I wrote it down. I was like, I have to listen to this again. And I listened to it and I'm like, Oh my God. And it's like, as soon as I listened to it, I had all these great creative ideas and it's like, that's a key. That's all that that was is like, this is a key to unlock things, you know, previous creative ideas that should not have gone away. But as soon as you start writing these things down, getting into that rhythm, it, it makes space for new ideas. And then it also like, as you're doing it and getting better, you grow just with the process of writing things down and having, you know, inspiration hit you during that time. Yeah, and that's definitely ties in with what Julia Cameron's message was and what uh, Paul Allen's message was. And it's perfect the way you say satellites as ideas because you're getting some of those satellites out of your orbit and then you have some space for ideas to come in, for clarity, for inspiration, for clearer thought. It totally makes sense. You're simplifying. Yeah. I think the fact that it's in your orbit at all is something very telling that you have to deal with and keeping them in orbit is really not dealing with them. You know, you want to close those loops. Yeah. They're abstractions of ideas or thoughts or anything that you can, you can simplify and personalize and understand them better and get them out of there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Another thing, a funny, uh, interesting thing that happened during this assignment was so I had started a job and both of you guys have heard this story but I'm just going to repeat it just because it does 
kind of tie in in a way that I started a job that it was in a field that I don't, I didn't want to get into. I didn't want, I, I kind of felt obligated personally, not by anything outside of me, but just personally, we moved here. I'm like, I want to get a job so I can provide for my family, whatever it is. And I was looking at jobs and then it looked to be with my skill set. Well, outside of my skill set, it's like, this is the highest paying job that I feel like I can get. So I went into concrete construction and then I'm in this job just for a few days and then I get really sick with the flu and so sick that for a week I didn't eat more than half a sandwich or I couldn't hold down more than half a sandwich and it got to the point where it was so bad that I was concerned that I hadn't been able to even hold water in. And I'm like, what day am I on? Like, am I going to die of dehydration? It, it got really, really bad. But in that time and space, all I could do was just stay up in our room and in bed. And so I just had my thoughts and time. And I felt awful. And with that... I had a tremendous amount of time. Like most people that get this, it's not like you're going to, you're going to have to create the time and space to sit down and write. I was in the fortunate, unfortunate situation where that time and space was made for me because I was just really sick. But because I had that amount of time, I looked at what I was doing and the things that were coming to me, the actual physical signs that were coming to me. And I thought about it and it was just awful because I'm, I was super sick. And when it really started getting going, I was at work. And so I ended up throwing up inside of, inside of a portalette and I'm just looking at nastiness and I'm adding, you know, my nastiness on top of it and this was such a visual image and i'm a visual person and i'm like i don't believe in coincidences and it was just awful and graphic and i'm like why am i being i just had you know a week like i said to think about this why was i beginning i was given this terrible image and i really thought about it and i was like yeah because i'm not supposed to be doing this I'm not supposed to be here at this job. And I, I had been in there for less than a week and I was forced by something outside of me that I had no control of to be in this awful situation in this portalette looking at it. And it's like, we don't want you here. You're not supposed to be here. If you're here, this is what we're going to give you think about that and i tried like i that day when it was going down i went up to my manager and i told him i was like dude i'm gonna try my best to stay here so if i can just have an hour i'll sit in the back of my car just try to like sleep it off but i need to like do something he's like yeah go ahead and i tried my hardest and i was like it's not happening i'm just gonna stay here all day and throw up in this portal i gotta go home so went home had a week thought of nothing but 
that portal it. <laughs> I was just like, all right. And I came to the conclusion because I was so sick. I was like, I, I got to the point where I'm like, I kind of would rather die than like continue at this rate because it's just so bad. And then, you know, your your mind kind of clears up and that time really has, you know, the time and space to think about things on a deeper level. And I made some decisions. I was like, started really analyzing. And then as I was analyzing and coming to conclusions, I was like, this is bullshit that I haven't been applying to the jobs that I really want because I have so much experience. I have years and years of experience with all this stuff, but I've been letting like, oh, you don't know that software package. You know all of these, but you don't know that one. So I'm just not fully qualified. <laughs> I went into like several jobs when we moved here to Idaho, several jobs that I had no experience and no business being in the interview. And I just went in there. I was like, and I, I was like, ah, well, I'm an artist. I've worked with my hands. I'm, you know, detail oriented. They're like sold. Get, let's get you in here. And these were pretty good paying jobs. And it was like, because I got sick and I had the time and space to really analyze it on, on a level that, I mean, it's, it's similar. I mean, it's the exact same thing is like making the time and space to write. You're not talking. You're, you're not like clouding the frequency between you and your thoughts. And I just, no one was with me. I was up in this room and I was just thinking and I was like, well, why the hell can't I go into an interview and say, I have a portfolio with all this work. I may not know this software package, but I know all of these and I take to this stuff really well. So that's started applying that same mentality that I was using for these jobs. I didn't want to the jobs that I wanted. And I started applying to them with the portfolio that I had, which before I was like kind of down on, but then I was like, no, this is really good stuff. I've worked with like bigger companies and like, I need to market myself a little bit better. And then I started, you know, like I've gotten interviews and I've gotten bites and people saying like, I really dig your work. And I'm like, what the fuck? But it's the same thing with this, that it's like, as soon as you start writing it down, then you have a clear line of thought and you can make associations with things that you've done in the past and you can kind of course correct, I think, far quicker than if you just sit down and like talk with someone because then it's like we we all are doing our best to help out. But I think sometimes because we are, it's like, it, this is going to sound kind of like woo-woo, but it's like I truly believe that in silence, you get far more truth than if you're clouding up the frequency with your voice. I don't think that's woo woo. I think that's I think that's an objective thing. I think you're right. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to jump in. No, no, that's I think it's it, fucking true. I appreciate that because, like, I and that's not a thought that I had when I was talking. <laughs> like being in you know, working my job early morning, I had a lot of time to think and it was a lot of isolation. And I had a lot of time to think raising my daughter and it shifted who I was and it wasn't easy. It wasn't a fun time of life for me. It was on one end, but it was tremendously challenging on another. But like during that time and space, I had a lot of thought, a lot of introspection. And then a lot of things that just, I was like, I had no 
that's not my thought. That was something that's like, yeah, we're going to level you up now because you have the time and space to level up. Yeah. That's what this time and space is for. And it's like, I think that's important for other people to make that time and space so they can get that kind of truth bestowed upon them. Which is becoming easier and easier not to do. Right. Yeah. Things things like these smartphones where you never have to be bored. You never have to be alone or look for entertainment. or It's crazy. You actually have to make the choice now. Like, oh, I'm going to have some silent time. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't write a few pages every once in a while, you might just puke on shit in a porta potty. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, but it's su- it, it's super true though, because it's like I I think about it and I'm like, I made notes, I wrote notes early morning before we left. I was like, take notes on all the good things, on all the good habits that you are aware of right now. Cause I was terrified. That version of me was terrified. Like you're going to get thrust into all this change. That's going to rock you. He, that version of me was so highly aware that he was trying to take care of me now, knowing that the things that were going to come at me were going to shift my perspective. And that version of me knew like in a good way for a lot of things, but then there are going to be other things that it's like, this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be a challenge. Be aware of this. And already I'm seeing, I'm like, there are a lot of positive changes. And then I'm also noticing, I'm like, my diet isn't the best. And that version of me knew like, motherfucker, you're like, you're going to have a different kind of job. You're going to be in that job is going to make you happier. And if you're happy and you're comfy, you're probably going to be more inclined to, hey, I want to keep the good times rolling, have a couple beers, you know, and do this. And that version of me knew, like, though we're not as happy with our job, our job right now is also healthier for our bodies. So become aware of that. You still have to make, now you're going to have to take the conscious, you know, mindset and awareness to create the time to be physically active we didn't have to think about that before because we were in a job where it was like that's built in for eight hours now it's not going to be that way so i'm going to have to create that time and space and already i'm starting to see i'm like all right just job hunting i'm like i'm not waking up at 4 a.m and lifting a shit ton of boxes so my body's like peace like (laughs) well we'll start whittling down a little bit like damn yeah it's i think it's really interesting too how the things that you keep in your orbit just whether or not they're pulling something in or something else is working on them life the story just seems to hand these little asteroids that come right towards your satellites you know because it's like that shit is something you should work on if you don't do it you know life will do it for you and you're gonna get your faith tested and everyone feels that so I think if you, and that's, that's great. It's going to happen whether you do this process or not. Um, but if you're proactively trying to work on this stuff, the things that you're stuck on, I think it's very positive. Um, I got some of the stuff, I think it's, it's deep seated. You can write about the stuff that's going on and you find out the hidden meanings underneath the, the content of the stuff that you're it's going on inside your head and i had this one entry about you know social media and all this other stuff and i i started to have this really 
terrified feeling that like the last couple days prior to this writing i i just felt like my head was always on a screen that i was always consuming something and it just i had this very present terrified feeling of just being a a cow you know like just in order to do you're, you're constantly as soon as you have a chance to think you're already thinking about something that's been delivered to you so mm-hmm. instantly your range of choice has been cut off exponentially right now the only question is are you right or left like that's not free will and it's i i don't want to make it sound like a cliche conspiracy but when you see it directly it's the the most authentic way to actually see it is that you know you're you feel like you're being programmed or you've already been programmed and there's got to be some type of therapy on you know to get out of that and i think this I is think it yeah yeah it's wise to look at it that it's uh that anybody delivering a message to you has something to gain from that and that's not a conspiracy that's you know, you have to pay. Somebody's got to feed the monkey. Yeah. <laughs> so your choices, you can you can always have more, and you always have the choice to write or think or talk with someone and be active and not passive. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. It's so easy to fall into just you know ingesting things, yeah. consuming things. When I again like to go back because it was such a powerful time in my life. Um. After my daughter was born three and a half years ago, close to getting close to four years ago, because so many things I got like pulled out of, I got pulled out of, or I pulled myself out of like social media for the most part. Um, I was like heavily in, had been slowly, just like everyone slowly moving into it. And it has momentum that you are completely unaware of. And like you said, Chris, it's like you don't have a lot of options. You feel like you're making choices, but you're not because your choices are limited to two. That's Those aren't choices. That isn't free will. And they're like, you know, there's algorithms, there's cookies. And they say, oh, you like this? We're going to give you more of that. And it's good for one thing. But then if you're never clearing the cash, if you're you're just further going down a rabbit hole that's being chosen for you rather than you making the active choice. And I think to a certain degree, we all are anyway, because we're basing a lot of our choices off of things that we chose years and years and years ago. Yeah. We've like, we, Chris and I had a discussion earlier today about that, where I, I looked at a picture from right out of high school and I'm sitting there with my friends and I'm, and we're recreating a moment in Pulp Fiction. We had, we put suits on and we were aimed, we had, you know, um, uh, paintball guns aimed at the camera or near the camera. And behind me is a surfing poster and a back to the future poster. And that kind of gave me chills to see this because I'm like, I do pop art galleries where the focus is on movies, movie posters. And here we are, and we've created a podcast, and we came to the random decision that it was going to be called Catching Waves. 
And I'm like, and both of those things are hanging over my head in a random photo that was taken by a friend that I hadn't seen in years. And I look at this photo, I'm like, oh God, the algorithm wasn't just in social media, it's in your entire life. These decisions that you make, these things that you focus on, they keep perpetuating and they just gain more and more power, you know? I mean, and that's a good thing for certain things, but it, like, like I said, when my daughter was born, I kind of like, it's like, she needs to be my focus. I, I need to really pay attention to her. I don't want to be sucked into this, all this stuff that I felt like was important. It was like this moment in life that I'm sure like you felt Chris having two daughters of your own, um, that, when you feel that you feel the weight of real importance and it was powerful. And I was like, I have a lot of things I have to work on personally. And I felt that with a tremendous amount of weight Mm -hmm. and I felt a tremendous amount of lack as a human being. And I'm like, I need to, I need to level up here. are The things I need to change. And I, I made some really strict boundaries because I didn't, there were certain things that I had been doing before that I was like, I, I need to lose all of this in order to be the person that I want to raise my child. Because right now that person isn't me and I don't feel worthy of that. And that may sound like I'm being, you know, I guess pretentious or, you know, dramatic, but it truly I'm not. And when I, you're not. And when I went through that, I gained so much awareness and what you were talking about, Nate, where it's like, you kind of feel with some of it, there's like this emptiness. And when you pull yourself away from it, um, you feel it on a different level where you're like, a lot of this is so unimportant. And I remember there was, uh, I mean, it was probably two years ago now, maybe a little bit less, but because I was so far away from it and I could see it from a different perspective, there was one night where Kristen and I, we had some time together, had decided to watch a show together and I just felt this tremendous amount of disconnection with my wife and sadness and it overwhelmed me. And I just told her, I was like, can we turn this off? And she was like, yeah, is everything okay? And I'm like, no, everything isn't okay. Like, what are we doing? I want to know what's going on with you right now. I want to talk with you. I want to see you like, what are the things going on in your life? And we had a good discussion, you know, conversation that night. And it's the thing that scares me is that it's like, I felt that so heavy for a long time during that period of my life, because I pulled myself so far away that I had that perspective. And now I almost feel like I've gotten into certain habits. I'm more aware now where I'm like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm doing this. I don't want it to get out of balance 
I don't want to be doing it for the wrong reason, so I have a heightened amount of awareness. But there's a certain amount of awareness that goes back down and that you don't feel that kind of sadness when you just watch a show or something like that. And I'm like, I don't want to lose that. And because I remember there was also like a metaphor that came to me where I'm like, during that time, I had the overwhelming sense that it felt like we were all on this giant cruise ship, like everybody, well, most people, I guess, you know, in the United States or whatever, people like in countries that are doing well, that, that are so connected that we're on this giant cruise ship and we're heading for a, just these falls and we're going to die. And we're all partying and we're not aware of where we're going and we're just so distracted with everything that's going on the ship. Hey, free buffet. You know, we got the conga line. And we're all distracted and we're not realizing this ship is going down. And, And that's how I felt. And that's kind of a bleak perspective, but there was that amount of sadness. Mm -hmm. And then, and yeah, it's nice to be on the ship and be distracted because you're like, I don't want to think about that shit. That's so dark. But you hear, you know, like one more thing before I shut up, but it's like during that time, there was a girl that I worked with who said that, you know, there was a gorilla that was able, it became really famous because it could sign and communicate better than any other animal. And so they were asking all sorts of questions because they were realizing like this thing actually has deep thought. And, you know, it's like they asked it like, how do you feel? And it signed sad. And they were like, why are you sad? And it communicated something to the effect of like, it's sad for us because we're dying. And then she's like, well, you're dying. Like said, no, we're all dying. And it was this like scary message that it wasn't talking about itself it wasn't talking about its species it was talking about the world and i hate i really do hate that i'm bringing this stuff up on no please don't on one level i really do think i mean like it's it's super depressing to talk about but it's also very i feel like it's very important yeah because i'm like tying it in back into this like having that time and space to actually think about what we're doing, every decision that we're doing, why we're doing it. It's so important. I feel like everyone needs to make the practice of having that time and space. And it is becoming rarer and rarer because like you said, Nate, we have so many ways to distract ourselves and say, nah, just get back on the cruise ship and like play in the conga line, focus on yourself, free buffet. You can eat all you want fondue fountain baby you know and you're you're boom 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 you're going to all the things that make you feel really good and it's like there's so many things that we we need to work on we absolutely can we have the manpower we have but we're not focusing on that thing in a way so it will bite us and we do this on a micro level in our own lives and we're aware of that but it's like on the macro which should be more obvious 
we're like, no, 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 <laughs> block that out. I don't want to think about that. That's that's super dark and depressing. And it's like, yeah, but that's our. I, I, I think it's good to talk about the dark stuff because it reorients. I don't ever want to be afraid of stuff like that. And I, and I think the same for this podcast. I think that it's good to talk about those things because that's part of the puzzle. And I don't think that being sunshine and rainbows all the time is good either. You know, well, it's, it's, it's indicative it's that unbalanced. you're terrified of something that you're not looking Bingo. at. And I think that we're on the precipice of needing a big change. I think that, um, humans as an organism all working together like we're best because we're social not one of us is super super strong or great but you put us all together and you know you have peaks and valleys but for the most part we're strong together but that's usually like groups of 150 you know and then as you get to scale it gets less personal and we get to be assholes with each other and then you look at like the internet and our connection that we have now it's fantastic but then you see things like social media which isn't it, it isn't inherently bad it's just it's unbalanced if you're on that all the time and you're passively just going through you're gonna it's an addiction it's like anything else mm. but there's a different level of awareness that we got to balance back out and i think that more time alone uh and in silence and writing and, and contemplating that really helps balance it out to get in touch with some of that stuff because even though on the surface it might seem like oh it's so good to get this thing and that thing and this thing and be able to call myself this does it actually make you happy? Was it actually a choice that you chose? Or is that you thinking you need to do it from the algorithm of life that's around you, mm-hmm. of the surface level stuff? I think we're super clever, but we are not always acting very wise right now. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's that time and getting in touch with different parts of yourself. Maybe something that's even beyond that. I'm not worried about defining that, but there's there's moments that everybody has that you can't you can't communicate that to someone else and we all have those moments through life that let you know what really matters to you what's really worth going after we need that shit it's important uh yeah. get a little dark <laughs> kind of counterintuitively i think that and maybe it's i would hate to uh prognosticate about um i don't couldn't think of a better word about what might happen in the near future i mean it's i think it's pretty cliche to say that we're all gonna suddenly wake up together you know that i've heard that stuff um but i do feel with like kind of where awareness is at some point it might seem like a bad thing on one side of it but our minds at least the world the way it kind of we're being piped in all this information this information age is giving us too much. And I think we're all getting to a point where we have way too many satellites. And we have this built-in, natural, perfectly functioning reflex that says, no, I, I can't do it anymore. It's just too much insanity. And you go towards these things. And I don't know if that happens at a certain time in life for everybody or to to certain people and not others i don't know um but i think at some point it just you're like no i'm done it's enough of this shit i have to go the opposite direction and you're no longer just allowing this stuff to be piped in and reacted to because you're just going to be going in these little circles forever it seems you need these vehicles to be able to to go on your own journey you know 
and maybe start thinking for yourself as opposed to waking up and just going, okay, what is it telling me to, to think about, you know? There's, and it's not the same connection too. Like even us here right now, this is fantastic. We're so lucky to be able to have the, the convenience of getting on a phone, getting on the internet and looking at each other's faces. But this is not the same thing as being in the same room with each other. And like you talking earlier about Donald Trump, like if you have a problem with somebody, that's kind of a cool practice. Instead of just going, I fucking hate this person and going on and on and on, actually go through the, the exercise of writing a letter to that person, of making a connection with that person and maybe having a little bit more understanding of where they're coming from because none of us has the whole picture of even each other. Yeah. You know, and at any time that you're super pissed off at somebody and you feel like you could go rally against them, how many times have you had that thing happen in your life where you go and you're like, eh, you're all right. <laughs> you're not that yeah. bad of a guy. Or, you, or you're like, ah, I was being kind of an asshole. I feel like connection is so important and it's amazing how we, we're still operating. It, it's not a secret. I think it's pretty common for people to talk about, yet we still go along that we're not as connected as this seems like we are, even though it's super convenient that you can send a message. Is that a message worth sending or is that junk food? What are we <laughs> a doing? A lot of junk yeah. food. Yeah. A lot of oh. junk food, which is okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I, I like having some junk food, but, but being very aware of the difference and going, nah, and then making more time for those moments that matter instead of going, I'm going to watch another episode of Frasier, which is fucking fantastic. Yeah, it is. But saying, let's put this off. Let's right. Let's turn this off, and I want to talk to my wife. I want to connect with you right now, and I want to be completely listening to you, instead of asking a question. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, well you know, <laughs> life's distracting. See you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We do it. Like we all fail that test, but I want more passes in my life. I want to be better about it. And this kind of stuff, all these kinds of things, they've made me a better man already. So thank you to you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And it's it like it fascinates me to be here in this moment and think like of our evolution, just all three of us that we didn't start off this way. I don't think we ever would have guessed that we would have gotten here, but then you look at it and you're like, yeah, we were close. And even if we were like fighting when we were little kids, it's like, you could see that, that that closeness was like us working it out and we were determined when you really look at it like like i still have images burned in my head of you getting really angry nate and you'd bite your lower lip and you'd flare your nostrils and then usually it was between you and chris and you know like one of you would hit each other and then like i'd jump in and like start mediating and that was just like those were our roles and you look at that and it's like people who really hate or dislike each other they're just gonna like peace you know pff, fuck you bro and they'd say something that's really awful and then they'd they'd probably get into they might get into a physical thing but then immediately after it'd be squashed they'd leave and they wouldn't ever go back and i see that same thing in my kids where i'm like leave each other the fuck alone but they can't because they know on a subconscious level they're so close that they have to work it out. So they just keep going back at each other. It's, and it drives it's me just nuts. just frustration. It drives me nuts. But I'm like, I, it gives me hope for their future that they're like, 
They are absolutely determined to work it out. They will be close, you know, when they're older. Or at least I feel like they will be because that's how we were, you know? I'll tell you right now, as far as me and Chris being in a pool, and in between now and the end of our lives, I will give you another open-handed slap to the back. (laughs) For what? (laughs) And you have have my permission to kick my ass just like you used to. (laughs) It's going to be a little awkward. I'm taller now. <laughs> yeah, yes you are. No, I think there was actually a point too where I think I got you one time or we were dicking around in the pool and I went I had gone through puberty and I was older and I wasn't I wasn't, you know, as strong as you were at that point, but I had a better shot at fighting back and it's like, all right, all right, maybe, maybe we got to settle down here. This is <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This, this is getting out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> Now, get taller than me right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the kids doing that, like, that's not hate. That's frustration. Well, but you're, there is love built in. There's closeness built in. That, that sibling fighting back and forth and trying to be the one to get the last dig in, that's, that's uh, for me, it's the best metaphor for adults, the way I see us in, in our, you know, our supposed adult um very important things whatever it is it's like well that that's kid shit over there that's nothing we don't do that we're adults we absolutely do it and we only think what we're dealing with what we're fighting for and against is more important but we could be just as deluded you know we certainly have that mentality that i'm gonna get the last one in and then they won't do anything which never happens you know we would we wouldn't let that fly we're not going to be the, no one wants to lose, you know. So you get this tit for tat back and forth and until the whole thing just implodes. And I think uh, writing itself is can help get some of the more frustrating, dark things that we're holding on to and hopefully guide the process towards that implosion a whole lot smoother, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, you know, these... Um, not that Phil's porta potty incident um, wasn't, you know, was subtle by any means. It's not, but there's there's larger incidents that are even more not so subtle, and I, I think a lot of problems that do come up need to be solved at the lowest possible level, and if they don't, they rise up and they rise up. So it, it's really kind of nonsense not to look in the shadows. When it comes to this stuff and bring it out i mean you're instantly going to make a hell of a difference and it's really when you when you understand what it is it's the most positive thing you can do you're never going to make anything better by hiding in a closet so i, I think, think gtd and this prove that i think something right now that it like i don't know maybe this is just bullshit or not but it it comes to mind that it's like something that there's a an imbalance of how much we feel like we can do how powerful each and every one of us is where it's delusion on both ends where it feels like some people feel like they're way way more powerful than they actually are and then there are some people that feel like, oh, you know, they they lack like the self-confidence. And they feel like, oh, well, I'm just one person. What power do I have? When I think 
you know, you look at what's at hand, you have, we have all these tools now that really powerful people just a hundred years ago would have died to have, but they had to do it the hard way. You know, if they were going to give a speech to move people, man, they had to go out there and get a soapbox and like yell at strangers. Ah, fuck you, buddy. What do you know? They had to have a better voice. They had to have a megaphone. They were, and now it's like a German accent. (laughs) Each one of us has so much power, you know, at our fingertips if we're meant to do it, if we're like really good at it. But it just, it kind of feels like, you know, maybe there's someone out there that is extremely important, but just feels like, I don't know, that they, that they aren't and that they don't have the ability to make some serious change. And it'd be cool to, to see that shift where a lot of people, you know, like what if every single one of us realized the importance of like the issues that are at hand and the actual power that we all have the the analogy that comes to mind is like ants they say that ants have an extremely uh, sophisticated way of communicating and they communicate so rapidly that they were like how are they doing this and they analyzed it and they said that they're like they're little um, they have like hairs on their legs and that they'll like rub up against each other and in a way that it's like ones and zeros in a computer and so they're constantly in communication with one another and so they can amass and coordinate better than anything on the planet and if you watch them like it is ironic that I watched the, like this documentary it was blowing me away and recently where we have an ant problem at our house and Kristen was like what are they doing and she started looking she's like there was a pile of crumbs and she's like I didn't sweep that over there and she realized like the ants were making a safe place for their food and they were coordinating from all around our house to make it this one safe place she's like they're not doing that are they and i'm like yeah they are 100 percent doing that and the way they were doing it was so interesting we were like looking and it's like they were hiding out in different areas because they knew that we had little ant traps and so they were like communicating with each other like don't go over here go over it's like they started moving their little special pile in different areas it's like damn dude if they can do that for their own survival like what are we what are we doing you know like i almost don't want to kill him anymore you know it's like wait you have a brain what the hell you know yeah i've murdered so many of your people (laughs) yeah they hate us yeah good reason all right is that yeah yeah that was that was good i think um i think i'm gonna keep staying on point with this one like I, I, I might, you know, hit little little points where I'm not doing it. Kind of like Wim Hof. Where I'm like, eh, every once in a while, sometimes go time goes by, but then I'll hit a stretch. Where I'm like, nah, I'm gonna hammer it for a while. I need that 
that boost, that juice. Yeah. I think there's another one that it's extremely simple. Breathing, writing. It's like the more simple it is, the more integral I think. And, and it's easier to, you hit a stretch where you do it for a while and then like, yeah, that was great. I'm going to jump back in. I think that we've had a few already that this one's going to stick with me. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Having that kind of that time, making that time and space of awareness. It's really important. I think, um, I like the different journaling that you have, Phil. And I was doing, starting to do a little bit of that too, just playing with different prompts, whether it be a question sometimes, but there was also times where I was just writing ideas, writing things to be thankful for. And I think we've talked about this before. Whatever it was, was just to proactively get my mind going down a certain path. Like I chose that, you know, for, um, for as much as I could, as opposed to waiting for that opportunity. It just felt like that feeling of a voluntary verb doing something as opposed to just reacting, you know, mm -hmm. it, it had a carry through for the rest of the day. And I think it could work against you if you just kind of you're passive and you start your day being reactive um, or consuming something, you know, I think it just, you, you take, you take the weapon in your own hands and you start the day yourself. And, um, it's it's very powerful to to play as much with the ideas as possible. It's not a very rigid format. It's it could be all sorts of different ways of you know, it's in in some ways it's confession, you know. A lot of different ideas. Well, all right, guys. Okay. Thank you for a great couple of weeks and another great conversation. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night. That'll do it for episode 128. We had a great time putting this one together and enjoying the practice of writing out two pages handwritten each day. Yeah, I would definitely recommend if you haven't ever kept a journal, a diary, or a log to try it out. Give it a shot. Be open-minded to it. Pick how many days you want to go before you even start and just make sure you show up each day and do it. And the longer the better. And kind of see how it evolves for you as you go. And if you already have a practice like this, if you do keep a diary, a journal, or you like to write stuff down on notepads and uh, get your thoughts externalized, I would highly recommend pushing yourself to try something different with it and see what happens. I was definitely very, very impressed with what was uh, becoming more clear in my life when I did that. And I hope the best to you and do the same. And thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time and we'll catch some weights.